I'm going to share with you this evening the dramatic story of G. Gordon Liddy, as colorful a character as any Hollywood director could order up from central casting. The story is told by Charles Colson in his recent book, Against the Night. A sickly child, Liddy easily frightened. He resolved to conquer his fears by facing them down. Because he feared heights and electricity, for example, Gordon would climb to the top of electrical towers. Because he feared rodents, he roasted and ate part of a rat. He exercised his will to the point where it was stronger than anything he confronted. Liddy went on to become a pilot, an FBI agent, an attorney, a White House aide, in just a few short years. A student of Nietzsche, the German philosopher who venerated the will to power as the highest of human goals, Liddy saw the world as a challenge to be conquered. Even as the Nixon White House tumbled around him, Liddy would not be broken. Eventually, he was sentenced to 21 years in prison for his role in Watergate. And when I visited him there, says Colson, he was as tough and unrepentant as ever. As he tells it in his autobiography, quote, Chuck asked me if I had seen the light. No, I replied, I'm not even looking for the switch. Liddy served four years and was released. He returned to his family and started several successful businesses. One evening, Liddy was a guest on the David Letterman show. What happens after we die, Letterman asked. We are food for the worms, replied Liddy. That's all, asked Letterman. That's all, said Liddy. Gordon Liddy had conquered every challenge set before him and moved on, but his off-the-cuff remark about death stayed with him. It made him uneasy, and he didn't know why. Then Liddy and his wife moved to a different state, and in the process renewed a friendship with former FBI colleagues whom he had known for 30 years. Now, Liddy had always been drawn to these people. They were intelligent, compassionate, well-read. So when they asked him to study the Bible with them, he agreed but only after spelling out his terms. I'm an agnostic, he said. I'm here because I'm interested in the Bible, period. Please do not try to convert me. I don't want to be bothered. Liddy, you see, felt no compelling need for God in his life. His interest in the Bible was purely historical. But then he thought about his friends and their 30-year example of Christian love and excellence. If they are persuaded of the correctness of this, thought Liddy, then maybe I should take another look. He did take another look, a good long look at Jesus, and this is what happened. Many people, says Liddy, experience a rush of emotion in conversion. Yet for him, there was a rush of reason. He realized Christ was who he claimed to be, and Gordon Liddy returned to the Christian faith of his youth. Now the hardest thing I have to do every single day 
is to try to de decide what is God's will rather than what is my will, says Liddy. What does Jesus want, not what does Gordon want? And so the prayer that I say most frequently is, God, first of all, please tell me what you want. And second, give me the strength to do what I know you want, what your will is, rather than my own. I have an almost 57-year history of doing what I want, what my will wants, and I have to break out of that habit into trying to do the will of God. Close quote. Thick theological books may explain doctrine, but none, none capture the essence of metania, repentance, better than Gordon Liddy's simple words to subordinate one's will to the will of God. And this from a man who spent his entire life affirming the indom indomitability of his own will. Note that Gordon Liddy's journey back to God and the church began when David Letterman asked him, what happens after we die? This is the same question the Lord asks each one of us every year, especially at Easter. What will happen after you die? Will you end up being food for the worms? It was this question that led Gordon Liddy to the resurrected Christ who said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall have life everlasting. These are the words that will inspire us to sing over and over again this evening in the liturgy. Christ is risen from the dead. By his death he has destroyed death. And to those in the tombs he has bestowed life. I like the words of the theologian Jorgen Moltmann, quote, with Easter the laughter of the redeemed begins. With Easter the dance of the liberated is initiated. According to Hippolytus, an early church father, the risen Christ is the leader in the mystic round dance of the church, and the church is the bride who dances with him, close quote. How I wish we had the Aegean dance group with us this evening to lead us in the Greek round dance with Jesus as our leader to celebrate the great victory of the resurrection. And we dance because the risen Christ has the power to release us, not only from tombs in cemeteries, but also from the many other tombs in which we bury ourselves through our sins. He releases us from these tombs but not before there is true metania, repentance, which opens the door to let God take control of our lives. When the women came to anoint the body of Jesus, they were met by an angel who announced, He is risen. He is not here. Then he said to them, Go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Where is this Galilee where the disciples are told that they will meet the risen Christ? Galilee is wherever the living Christ is today. Galilee is the church. 
Galilee is wherever there is forgiveness in the name of Jesus. Galilee is the Eucharist. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me, and I in him, said Jesus. Galilee is the word of God in the scriptures. Man does not live by bread alone, said Jesus, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Galilee is wherever there is love. Galilee is wherever there is true repentance and a turning away from sin. Galilee is whenever we descend with the mind into the heart through prayer, there to meet the risen Christ. Galilee is wherever there is obedience to the will of God. Galilee is meeting the risen Christ, not only at the Lord's table, but also at every table where the broken are welcomed and the hungry are fed in the name of Jesus. Come to Galilee, and you too will meet the risen Christ as G. Gordon Liddy and so many, many others have met him. And once you truly meet him there, you will be able to say with one of the early church fathers, Yesterday I died with him in baptism and through repentance. Today I rise with him to new life and new power. For if Christ is risen, he is risen to be a living presence in the church, in my life, and in the world. Go tell his disciples and Peter, that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Amen.